want. That was one of the greatest experiences of my career. CCR 82, October 21st, 2009. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by NFL News and Rumors. The news never sleeps, and neither does NFL News and Rumors. No BS, no hype. NFL News and Rumors at NFLNR.com. CCR. D'Angelo Williams, 30, 25, 10, 5, hot stop! 89's in the building. Still on a mission, though. Still on a mission. Welcome to the show created and produced by fans for the fans of the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, we'll be talking to Yahoo Sports columnist Jason Cole. Nick Yeoman drops by to provide the fans' perspective. Legendary Panther Mike Minter joins us for the interview. And we have a recap of the victory over the Buccaneers. Keller Winslow in motion to the right. Here's the snap. Bucks out of the eye. Will hand off. Cut back by a Cadillac. He's to the 15. He's to the 10. To the 5. 3 2 1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Stallone to D'Angelo Williams. Going left using a stiff arm. It's got potential. 10 5. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Carolina Panthers. Play action fake. Time to throw for Johnson. Johnson lost the touch pass. Picked off. Intercepted. Intercepted far sideline. Thomas Davis. He's at the 20. He's at the 10 and out of bounds. First and goal. Fake to Stewart. Delone rolling out to the left. Fires end zone. Caught Jeff King. Touchdown. One yard to go. Tight line splits. Delone points out the middle linebacker. Quick count. Gives the ball to Stewart. Who's got running room. He's got the first down. And more to the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Sammy Strutter at the four-yard line. Comes out to the 10, to the 15, middle part of the field. 20. He's in the 25, 30. He's in the 35. Breaks the tackle to the 40. Ship out to the 50. He's on the goal. 40, 35, 30. Sammy Strutter to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Jonathan Stewart will set back out of the gun. Delone. Here comes the pressure. He gets the pass away. It's intercepted. Picked off to the 10, 5, 10, Iron Jackson. Downtown, Tampa Bay. First and goal from the 1. 21-21 is the score. 36 seconds left in the football game. Jake Alone has the ball. Gives to D'Angelo Williams. He leads. He's got a touchdown. This game finally ends, and it's in the win column for the Carolina Panthers. Now, bubble your chin steps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day. After an 0-3 start, the Carolina Panthers have now won two straight games. Sunday's win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wasn't always pretty, but it sure counts in the win column. The Panthers' running game returned with a vengeance against the Bucs as the team churned out 267 yards on the ground. D'Angelo Williams totaled 152 yards and two touchdowns, while Jonathan Stewart chipped in 110 yards and a touchdown of his own. The problem was the passing game. Jake DeLome was a mere 9 of 17 for 65 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions, one of which was returned for a critical score that tied the game at 21 in the fourth quarter. Jake was asked after the game about his confidence. I have, doesn't bother me one ounce. I mean, um, I know we scored a touchdown pass. I was pretty positive, I thought. You know, and for, for a lot of the other things we did uh, today in the past game for what they did was, was somewhat positive, you know, because they were – Kept on, like I said, keep on dropping back, and uh, we had to take a lot of underneath stuff. But uh, for me to lose confidence there, I mean, I'm not even close. Not, I'm not even remotely close. Jake may still have his confidence, but one guy who didn't sound too happy in the Panthers' locker room after the win was Steve Smith. 
Speaking to only a couple of reporters, he still managed to cause an enormous stir when he told them, quote, I am no longer an asset to this team, end quote. He went on to tell Darren Gann of the Rock Hill Herald, quote, It's bittersweet. We get the win, but I have a limited role, so obviously I see this game as showing I'm no longer an asset to this team, end quote. He then added, as he headed for the shower, That's all I got. My name's Steve Smith, and I stand by that. He doesn't sound like a happy camper, but Coach Fox said on Tuesday that he disagrees and thinks that Smitty is still vital to the team's offensive success. Tampa Bay did double-team him on nearly every snap. That's what limited him on Sunday to one catch for four yards. But the guy still only has 21 catches for 259 yards and no scores on the season. Smitty seems unhappy and... You would be hard-pressed to find a fan base more upset and a team looking more surly after a victory. Hello. 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 Who's that? What's that? It's time for Panthers fans to sound off. Let's check the CCR hotline as we attempt to keep the pulse of Panther Nation. Hey, great show. Uh, first time caller. Uh, I just I thought it was a great game. You know, defensively we played re- real well. Um, Rushing the ball, I'm so glad we got that going finally. But I'm just, uh, I'm a huge Jake follower and believer. And today, I just, I think he might have been the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I, I don't know if I can keep keep thinking he's going to pull out of this funk he's in. Um, I think it might be might be time for Matt Moore to see some playing time. So, yep. All right. Thanks for uh, listening. And thanks for the call, and of course, thanks for listening. If you want to sound off with your thoughts, give us a call on the Cat Crave Radio hotline at 206-350-9673. You can call us anytime, day or night. We'd love to hear from you no matter what's on your mind. Let us hear your thoughts on the team or the show. Again, the number is 206-350-9673. Despite the good news, bad news atmosphere, the win lifts Carolina's record to 2-3, and three, which is good enough to be out of last place in the NFC South. That's two games back of Atlanta and three games back of New Orleans. Up next for the Panthers, a home date with the Buffalo Bills. I know what's I know what's going on. I mean, so it's 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 you know sure would we like our numbers to be better, probably so. But, but who cares? We won. I mean, that's the last two weeks. Who who cares? It's time now for the Panther preview. Well, Jake says that you know stats. And he's starting to sound like his coach, John Fox. I mean, what are stats? You know, stats don't look pretty, but they've won two in a row. So who cares, right? Well, joining us to talk about Jake and the Carolina Panthers. It's our old friend Nick Yeoman. Nick, what's up? Hey, John, what's going on? You know, you're right. A lot of times you can't read too much into stats. And, boy, i got to be honest with you, this, this win over Tampa Bay, I don't really care that the offense or the running game was, was spectacular and put up the big numbers. That was an ugly win. And, and uh, I don't know how many more of the games this team could win when they play like that. Well, it's becoming a regular thing for us now. We, we almost need to make this a special segment. It's kind of our, it's a little bit like that John and Kate thing. We have to update you and Jake and how your relationship is going. How, how are you feeling about Jake this week? 
So I think you can guess. Jake's, uh, well, let's just say he's not on my short list of guys that I want to hang out with right now. Oh, uh, man, that just, just a really miserable performance. He can't find Steve Smith. When he's trying to get the ball to Steve Smith, he's forcing passes. Uh, you know, two interceptions that, that both of them I have to put on him. Uh, I mean, that second one was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen him throw. Just panic, you know, side-armed it across the middle, taken back for six. And then really the first one, I know it was tipped, but it was tipped by a Tampa Bay defender and one that he really shouldn't have forced it. So, yeah, you can guess that Jake is not on my good list. And, uh, you know, considering I was so high and I said I had high expectations, I knew what I was getting myself into, and, and wouldn't you know, uh, picking Jake to have a good game burned me once again. Well, I checked with Darren Gant this week, and he was one of the, I think, two reporters that Smitty made those comments to. And Darren's got... Well, I guess Darren is a little behind, and I've got to talk to him again. He really needs to update his equipment because he didn't have a digital copy that he could send to me. So there's no audio that I know of of Smitty making those comments saying, I'm no longer an asset to this team. You know, uh, I'm Steve Smith, and that's you know basically all I've got to say. Well, out of those 65 yards, only four yards to Steve Smith. I mean, is this are these comments, is that Smitty being Smitty? Or is Smitty about to lose his cool and sort of check out on this team? Boy, I, I hope he's not. And this is, this is something that I think we definitely need to be concerned about. Uh, if there's no evidence of him making those comments, did it, did it really not happen? Is it just a hoax like the balloon boy? I mean, that's what I'm kind of hoping. Uh, no, this is, this is really concerning, though, because uh, you've got to get Steve Smith the football, and he is not someone that you want to check out and to, uh, to cause kind of a rift in the locker room. He's such a, a versatile player that you've got to try to get him the football, whether it's on a screen, whether it's, it's across the middle, whether it's he sent him in motion on the end of rounds. You've got to get this guy to the football. And, and I know he's, he's psyched and he likes to win football games, and I'm sure he doesn't mind blocking from time to time, but they've got to get him the football. And, and whether Jake's having a good game or a bad game, you've got to find different ways to get him the ball. And, uh, boy, you can only hope that uh, he's just taking a nice little subtle shot and that everything's going to be okay in the long run because if this festers and if he's really upset about it, I think uh, the biggest fear for all Panthers fans would be that he's going to ask for a trade and wouldn't want to play for this team if he's not an asset. So we hope that's not true. Uh, but, boy, if he keeps having games where they're only able to get him the ball once for four yards, you got to expect that it's going to continue. And, boy, oh, boy, I know that this was not – at least I don't think it was intentional, but Dante Wesley in that hit was just – ugly just before half um he is out for one week at least so he's got a a nice big hunk of his paycheck disappearing and going off to the league office Dante I mean did you think that that looked like he meant to do it I mean he says he just mistimed it I think it was. I think he just mistimed it. I mean, he meant to hit the guy. Let's let's not beat around the bush. He certainly meant to, to try to level the kick returner, and uh, you hate to see it. You know, thinking about it, at first I thought it was Bush League, but then when you really think about it, when you're trying, when you're a gunner trying to fire down there and, and make a play on special teams, it's all about timing. And I really don't think he meant to 
to, to really hurt the guy. I think it was one of those situations where if Clifton Smith pops right back up, it's probably not that big of a deal. But, uh, you know, obviously the scuffle afterwards, it only accelerated what happened. So uh, it, it, was, it was a bang-bang play. You hate to see it. I don't think Dante's a dirty player. He doesn't have that reputation as a dirty player. And, uh, you know, hopefully the one-game suspension will, will uh, maybe do everybody in the league. It's a little bit good to, to, to know that you've got you to take your time and you've got to time these, these, these big hits on the, uh, the punt returns because I don't think he meant to hurt the guy. Well, let's uh, take a look back at this game quickly and um, grade the defense. To be, we'll start with them. I'll give the defense a B, a solid B. I mean, really, when you think about it, they only gave up seven points on their own. I mean, the first quarter, I saw a lot of missed tackles, a lot of missed assignments, which is probably why I can't give them an A. Uh, but you can't fault the seven points on Jake DeLone's pick six on them, and you obviously can't uh, you can't fault the kickoff return on them. So, really, I think this defense is playing great. I think Thomas Davis continues to play out of his mind, including Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers has put together two great games, which is something that, that we're never sure about. So, I'll give this defense a pretty solid beat. All right, and finally, the offense. Um, they did rediscover their running game. This week, it sounds like more like a Nick Yeoman offense, 17 passes and 48 runs. How do you grade them out? Well, see, that's that's more like it. That's you know, that's what Nick Hillman wants to hear. Uh, you know, really, you could give the offense two grades. With Jake Delhomme, I give him a C. Without Jake Delhomme, I give them a B as well. Uh, the play calling needs to be a little bit better. You got to get Steve Smith involved, like I mentioned. But that's Carolina football right there. Run the ball until they can prove they can stop you. Tampa Bay could not stop them, and that's obviously why the Panthers won. Uh, but I can't give them that A because of the way Jake Delhomme played. Uh, it just it's just not going to happen. So that's that's more like it. I think that's the best grade I've given the offense all year, but I can't quite give them an A yet. They've still got some improvements to make. Well, we've got so much to cover here. We um, need to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. We've got an update for you on a brand new Panther that's been added this week, and we'll also take a look ahead to the big game coming up Sunday versus the Bills. In just a bit, we'll be talking to uh, Mike Minner. That's a little later on in the show. We'll also have our conversation with Jason Cole of Yahoo Sports. Stay with us. Help us make this the best Panther show on the planet. Send us your feedback to catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. We'll have more CCR in a moment. Recently, I've had a hard time making the house payments. So when the phone started to ring, I didn't pick it up. Now I may lose my house, and I don't know what to do. If you're facing foreclosure, doing nothing only puts you deeper in the hole. Call 1-888-995-HOPE today. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the ad counselor in this station. It's time once again for the game that's sweeping the nation. Time now for Boom or Bust joining us to play the game. It is Big Nick, a.k.a. Nick Yeoman. Nick, are you ready to play Boom or Bust? I sure am, John. We'll start you off with the old man, the ageless wonder, Brett Favre versus the Steelers. Yeah, well, I expected that old man to struggle just a bit when he announced he was coming back. But, you know, really, he's done anything but that with the Vikings. That Pittsburgh defense has just been average, so I expect Minnesota signal caller to pull up, put up some good numbers on Sunday, and, and uh, maybe lead them to a victory. Andre Johnson versus the Niners. 
Well, it should be interesting to see if the Niners, if they put Nate Clements on Andre Johnson, because that may be the only way San Francisco can slow him down. I just don't see it happening. I expect Johnson to play big and boom for most of the fantasy owners. Phillip Rivers versus the Chiefs. Well, this should be the type of game that allows Phillip Rivers and that offense to get back on track. I know the Chiefs are coming off a win, but Rivers is just too good to have two or three bad games in a row. I think he'll be a boom as well. Deshaun Jackson versus the Redskins. Well, once again, I'm going to say boom. That Redskins team is just a mess, and Philly is going to be trying to bounce back after that loss to the Raiders. I think they're going to, they're going to take a couple home run shots, throw it deep. I think McNabb looks for Deshaun Jackson a handful of times, and I think he finds success. I think uh, Deshaun Jackson's a boom. Peyton Manning versus the Rams. Oh, this has to be the biggest boom of the week. Peyton Manning should have a field day. He will torch the St. Louis secondary. His numbers might not be that that high because he'll be done at halftime, you know, up by four touchdowns, but he might be the one that threw those four touchdowns. So I expect Manning to play great. Randy Moss versus the Bucks. Once again, another boom, and this should be almost as big as Peyton Manning against St. Louis. If Randy Moss is as good in England as he is in the United States, especially last week, and Tampa's fate should mirror that of Tennessee's. I think Moss will be a big-time boom. Will it be Edwards or Fitzgerald, but whoever plays quarterback for the Bills versus our Panthers? Yeah, and here's the first bust of the week. You know, teams have just not found a way to beat the Panthers in the passing game. And i got to admit, as a fan, that's pretty surprising. It's good to see uh, the Bills struggling in nearly every aspect. And I just don't see them breaking through against Carolina's strength. So I think the quarterback situation for, for Buffalo will be a bust. Steve, I am no longer an asset. Smith versus the Bills. Well, it's time to find out if Steve really is an asset or not. I personally think he is. But with the running game starting to break through, I just don't see a lot of balls coming Smitty's way. I don't even know if Jake can get a lot of balls his way. So I'm going to say Steve Smith is a bust, and hopefully he's not upset at that. T.O. versus the Panthers. Well, I think T.O.'s success depends a lot on that play at quarterback. And considering I don't think the Bills really have a quarterback they can lean on, I can't see Owens racking up numbers, especially if the Panthers put Chris Gamble on him. I know they're going to throw that zone look at him, but I just don't see T.O. having a lot of success. I think he's a bust this week as well. Finally, Jake DeLome versus the Bills. It, John. You know, two picks and one ran back for a touchdown. Puts Jake back in my doghouse. He'll be a bust against Buffalo. Well, Nick, once again, we appreciate you playing the game with us. Hey, I appreciate it, John. Thanks. We're glad you're along for the ride. Welcome back to CCR. And welcome to part two of the Panther preview. We are with uh, Nick Yeoman. Of course, you know Nick from his uh, YouTube videos. Um, Nick, we uh, we have a new Panther this week. Brand new defensive tackle, it seems like, for the umpteenth time since uh, early August. We've added another defensive tackle, this time giving up what is reported to be a fifth-round draft pick for Tank Tyler, a former third-round pick uh, of the Chiefs. Uh, he's been with them a couple of seasons. What can you tell us about this big guy? about getting DeMarcus Tank Tyler. He was a guy that when he came out, uh, I think many people expected him to go higher than the third round. He played alongside Mario Williams, of course, on that NC State defense. And this is a guy that, you know, you just he kind of gets lost in translation out there in Kansas City because of how bad the Chiefs are. And I think this is one of the best pickups 
the Panthers have made so far this season, especially it's the best one at the defensive tackle spot. If it is a fifth-round pick, I mean, fifth-round picks are usually hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get. And with this guy, you get a young player that's only going to get better, and uh, and I think he's got a lot of talent. So this defensive tackle spot, I know that, that injury-wise, it, it really took a toll on the team, but look into the future. you got a guy like him. Hollis Thomas isn't a long-term answer, but with Lewis Leonard and Corby Irvin, and you hope you can get something from Damian Lewis from years to come. Who knows about chemo? This defensive tackle spot uh, could be one couple years from now once they get you know acclimated to the system. It could be pretty good, but I think uh, picking up Tank Tyler was an excellent move by the Panthers. Well, I've seen some Chiefs fans. Uh, some have been you know, well, good riddance. Others have said, boy, we really gave him up for a song. I mean, really didn't get enough for him. But I think he may have taken a little bit of heat uh, there in Kansas City. I mean, do you feel like, because I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, but it seems like they were trying to fit that square peg in the round hole because he really doesn't fit a 3-4 defense, which is what they were trying to play. I mean, do you see it that way, or do you think he's an underachiever? No, I, I definitely see it that way. I mean, they were running that 3-4 defense, and he's just not made for that. He's a big body, but not really made for that 3-4 defense. He definitely fits in well uh, with the Panthers at a 4-3. You, know, you look at Kansas City, of course, they were wanting to make Glenn Dorsey their number one guy, that nose tackle. So, uh, like I said, Tank Tyler kind of got lost in space. They couldn't really find a place for him, and obviously you don't know a lot about, about him when he plays at Kansas City. So uh, I think this is a good pickup, and I think it's going to work in the long run. Well, let's look ahead to the big what we hope is the big win that uh, brings us back to the 500 mark on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Um, let's see how our defense, a unit that seems to be improving a bit, how do you think they're going to stack up against uh, Buffalo's offense? Well, I think they've got a good shot. This Buffalo offense was one that, you know, they retool a lot in the offseason. You pick up P.O., uh, but really it hasn't started clicking yet. So, I mean, the Panthers secondary, obviously, still one of the top units in the league. I think they've got a shot to uh, to definitely make a push, and I think they can get to, to whichever quarterback's out there that, that they've got to pressure and try to get to. Um, I think Terrell Owens, you got to put Chris Gamble on him and hoping he can match him up. And then up front, you know, you just got to play good, solid run defense, and, and hopefully it'll work. But I think they certainly have the advantage when you, when you match up player for player, uh, the Carolina defense on the, the Buffalo offense. Well, I know this is, um, you know, we're putting this show out on Wednesdays, and it's hard to give an update on Edwards. We're not sure if it'll be him or it'll be Fitzpatrick, so I know there'll be uh, some guesswork going into this game until the last minute. But speaking of some guesswork, we've got some guesswork of our own. Is good Jake or bad Jake going to show up this week? Lord only knows. Let's just hope we can keep running the ball. How's our offense going to stack up against the Buffalo defense? Well, I think it all depends on what, what philosophy they decide to go with. I think you got to take Jake out of the game. And I think it looks like, according to that Kansas City game, or excuse me, the, uh, the previous game against Tampa Bay, that they are going to run the football. They know that when Jake's having his bad games, you got to take him out of the equation. That was something we hadn't seen for a while. We weren't really sure if, if you know, Jeff Davidson was ever going to commit to taking him out, taking him out of the game plan. So I think they're going to run the football, and I think they should find some success. This Buffalo defense really hasn't done anything too impressive so far this year. So. If they stick to the game plan and don't try to get cute, I think they're going to find success. Well, let's see. Here's your chance. Both of us get a chance this week to put our money where our mouth is. Do we get back to 500 or fall one notch farther away from it? No, I think 
think they do. I think they bounce. They, they continue to roll, and I think they can get that third win, get to 500. Buffalo, they're, they're a team that's struggling. I know a lot of people had high hopes for them coming into the season with the uh, the free agent acquisitions that they made, but it really hasn't worked. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Panthers are starting to hit their stride. So yeah, I think uh, when, when they show up and they play the style that they want to, Carolina can win this game easily. But with that being said, John, we all know that uh, we haven't seen many easy circumstances so far. So I think Buffalo hangs in there. But I think the Panthers pull out a close win, 21-17. Well, now back during that Dallas game, the big debacle in um, in the Big D, everybody was upset, and I think we all rightly were upset watching Julius play. Maybe publicly John Beeson upset him and, you know, lit a fire under his butt, so let's hope so. But do you think the real Julius is the guy we've seen the last two weeks or the guy we saw in Dallas, and then will the real Julius please stand up? Well, I don't know what the real Julius is. I mean, the real Julius, we know what he's capable of, is what we've seen in the last two games against bad teams in Washington and uh, Tampa Bay. So, you know, it, it's just a roll of the dice. You just don't know what you're going to get from him. Um, but, you know, you just hope that, that later in the season when they're playing the good opponents, the teams like the Giants and, and uh, you know, the, the, the Saints and the Falcons again, that he has to show up. So I'm going to roll the dice. I think he I think he shows up for a third straight game. I think Beeson might have lit a fire under his rear end. And uh, I expect Julius to play well. Well, can we get you talked into sticking around for a pick Yeah, that sounds great, John. I'll be here. This is Cat Crave Radio. Joining us now is Yahoo Sports columnist Jason Cole. Jason, thanks for joining us. No problem. Jason, we'll start with this two-win streak that the Panthers are on right now. And after starting an 0-3 season and winning their last two, do you think it's possible now that this Panthers team is able to recover and maybe have a shot at the playoffs? Well, maybe if Atlanta falls back, uh, if Atlanta's defense has some holes in it starts to kind of fall apart i would say that 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 might happen they're, they're not out of it but uh, i i don't think they're competing for anything more than a wild card at this point uh because i think that new orleans is going to take over that division and, and run with it the way they have uh, uh so far this season and i i just kind of see that it's going to be a little bit tight here for any team uh that uh Outside of the outside of the NFC East, I think it's going to be really tough for another team to get one of those wild card bits. Well, it's unusual for most teams, almost any team really, to win a game and their fans still be as upset as the the Panthers fan base is right now. Well, Steve Smith seems to be a little bit upset as well. He he's told the local papers that he didn't feel. I believe he said he's no longer an asset to the team. Do you think that's frustration from him, or just something? Do you think it's something deeper than frustration? Oh, I think that with Steve, um, it's really just frustration that does most of the talking. And look, their passing game isn't very good right now. Jake's not playing very well. The entire passing game is is bad. But you don't rush for t- almost three hundred yards, two hundred sixty-seven yards, uh, without having a threat in the passing game. And Steve Smith is that threat. That's that's the reason why they're able to keep defenses honest. Now, you know the other thing is that fans are not going to be happy when a quarterback goes nine to seventeen for sixty-five yards, especially when he hasn't been playing well to that point. So, you know, this is not the kind of entertaining football that the, the NFL is looking for right now. Uh, that NFL fans are looking for. So, yeah, that's where you get the dissatisfaction. And plus, Tampa Bay is really not a very good team, and the fact that they managed to keep this game close 
you know, and they get the interception return in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's you know, that that doesn't bode well for for Carolina overall when they have, when they're playing a really tight game against a Tampa Bay team that's just not very good. Well, Smith has been known to be a bit of a diva uh, on occasion, but his complaining, especially publicly, do you think that could cause problems? Is that something that could could sort of fester that that becomes a bigger problem later on? Uh, look, I think that they've dealt with you know pretty much the best and worst of uh, of Steve Smith over the years. I mean, when you're a guy who's punching your teammates and breaking their nose and you know. And and you've sounded off before, and all those other kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, when when you survive that, I think that you've pretty much survived everything you can you can get through with a team. So, I think that most of the people around that team understand the value of Steve Smith. They understand what he brings to the team. They understand, you know, he's an X factor, and that he's one of those top five or six receivers in the league. You know, who who changes the game. And that he's incredibly intense, uh, you know. And Diva, I, I, you know, I, I, I find that a you know not exactly an apt description of Steve Smith because it indicates that he wants everything to be about him more than any more than the team. And I've never really noticed that about Steve Smith. I just think that he's so intense. And so over and top, over the top with his desire to win and to play well and to prove people wrong through any number of reasons why psychologically he's different from say a Chad Ochocinco or 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 Terrell Owens you know guys like that who are classic all about me type of guys Steve just wants to win and he wants to be part part of it and he wants to be yeah and he wants to prove everybody in the world wrong that's what he has always been like. Well, you mentioned earlier Jake's play or maybe his poor play, and I know right now he's on pace in his first 10 games to throw 20 interceptions, which is a horrible number. Are there any whispers right now around the league about him, about potentially that he's just lost something? I don't think there are are whispers about that. I think that this is a classic case of a guy who is, rides hot streaks one way or the other and that's how Jake has been viewed as a guy who when he gets hot he can be terrific but when he's when he's bad he's awful the great quarterbacks limit the amount of times that they're that they're really truly bad and and, and you know don't fall into those bad bad slumps that's the that's the the difference here but that's the reason why Jake was an undrafted guy in the first place he's he just runs really hot and cold and yeah, he's he's a good game manager, and once in a while he can hit one of those games where he's got three or four touchdown passes and throws for 300-plus yards and gets going for, you know, maybe a month or gets you on a roll in the playoffs. But just as easily, he can be the guy who throws three interceptions a game or, like yesterday, throw an interception that gets returned uh, to make a game close. So none of this is unusual for, for, uh, for Jake DeLome. And the problem is that you have to live with it. Or in Carolina's case, yeah, you know, I, I was really, I was a little baffled by the huge contract extension they gave him in the off season. I would have thought that they would have begun the process of trying to find the next quarterback uh, here instead of investing so much money in a guy who has sort of middling results when you look at him overall. Well, if there's one whisper, even some of this is far beyond a whisper. I think the fans now they've gotten so caught up in all of the. Um, 
I don't want to say hatred, but a, a lot of the finger pointing at Jake DeLome and especially at uh, John Fox. They're fans that want him gone. And then, of course, they are just not letting go of this notion of having Bill Cower come in to coach the team. Do you think Cower is staying put? Is, is he staying in in broadcasting, or do you think he's coming back to coach? I have heard no indication from anyone that Bill Cower will come back to coach. So, you know, I think he likes his life the way it is. You know, I've heard rumors back and forth over the years. But at a certain point, you you let the rumors go and you say, look, this is what the man's doing. He's he's not coaching. He's not, you know, pushing himself to be coaching. Uh, he's just sitting back enjoying what he has and and content to live it this way. Now, at some point, you know, you'd think he'd be pushed, you know, he'd be pushing to get back into it, but it just hasn't happened. So as much as I know that rumor still exists and the fact that he's living in North Carolina makes everybody push that rumor even more, I've heard nothing that would say that he's ready to go, come back into it. So nothing that makes you think he would do a, make a move a la Jimmy Johnson or even a Bill Parcells to come back into coaching? Uh, nothing yet. I mean, again, and I think that Coward probably has a price in mind that if he's going to do this, he's going to want to be really highly paid. And the problem is that I don't think Carolina believes in paying coaches seven, eight million dollars a year. I just don't see that. I think they want to play at the lower end of paying coaches. So if they're going to move John Fox out, it's going to be for somebody younger who's up and coming and wants to prove themselves and is willing to do what, say, Mike Smith in Atlanta did, which is you know, be be happy with, say, $3 million a year. Well, Jason, once again, we really appreciate you being with us, taking some time to uh, share your insights with us. No problem. Anytime. Thanks. We're going to step out for just a minute. We'll be right back with more CCR. The Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no offseason. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. Time once again to pick some games. Nick Gilman is back with us for that task, and, well, last week had a bit of an off week. He had eight right, six wrong, and for the season, 62 up, 28 down. Nick, are you ready to pick some games for week seven? Yeah, I am. Bit of a pedestrian weekend. It's time to bounce back. I need to improve that percentage there. We will start you off with a real tough one, Colts-Rams. Yeah, I one to get ugly and ugly early. It's one of the league's best against one of the league's most pathetic. You know, if the Rams had Rush Limbaugh at quarterback, then I'd like their chances. But alas, the Colts are the pick. Chargers and Chiefs. Well, this should be a perfect bounce-back game for the San Diego Chargers. I don't know if Norm Turner can get this team to the playoffs, but he should have his players ready to beat down the Chiefs. Patriots and Bucks. Well, the Patriots didn't take it easy on the winless Titans last week when they dealt them that crushing 59 to nothing loss. I don't expect Bill Belichick to take it easy on Tampa Bay either in Wembley Stadium, uh, you know, way out east in England. This they might not be 59 to nothing ugly, but trust me, it's going to get ugly. I'm going to take the Patriots. Packers and Browns. Well, the Packers showed up in a big way at home against Detroit, and I expect them to play, you know, as well as they did uh, this Sunday against the Browns. Plus, if Donald Driver pulls off some of the catches like he did against Detroit, it should be a long day for the man genius. 
So give me the Packers. Vikings and Steelers. This should be a great matchup. You know, the Vikings were able to hold off one of the AFC North's best last week when they beat Baltimore. But I'm going to give the edge to Pittsburgh at home. I can't wait to see what Dick LeBeau has planned for Adrian Peterson. That's going to be a heck of a matchup, but I'm going to take the Steelers. The Niners versus the Texans. Well, Houston, is, they're trying to keep pace with Indianapolis, and they have to win games like this if they want any chance uh, in the AFC South. I think Matt Schaub, Steve Slayton, bring their A game and beat the 49ers, but this is going to be a close game, so give me the Houston Texans on this one, though. Jets and Raiders. Boy, the New York Jets are in need of a win, and after a great start for Mark Sanchez, all of a sudden he is now looking like a rookie quarterback. I mean, I'd like to think that they can turn it around, but the Raiders are who I'm going to take coming off their huge win over the Eagles last week. That's right. I'm going to pick the Raiders. Falcons and Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are coming off their bye week, and, you know, they're faced with a tough test in slowing down the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta got awfully lucky last week against the Bears, and I think that could bounce uh, could bounce back and forth and, and maybe in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to trust Tony Romo to manage the game and lead Dallas to a win at home. Saints and Dolphins. Well, anyone who still doubts that the New Orleans Saints are for real might be crazy. That defense, you know, they force turnovers. The offense puts up points. You just can't ask for much more than that. It should be enough to knock off the Fins fairly easily on Sunday. Bears and Bengals. Well, both of these teams are coming off of losses, with Cincinnati's being the most surprising to Houston. I don't see them bouncing back either. I think Chicago was just a few breaks away from beating the Falcons, so I'm going to take the Bears for the win. Cardinals and Giants. I never thought I'd see the day that the Giants defense would ever be exposed as badly as they were against the Saints. I still think they've got a good unit, but boy, they did not play very well. You know, if the Cardinals play like they did against the Saints, they have a shot. Uh, But I just think New York is just too tough. I'm going to take the Giants. Eagles and Redskins. Well, Washington now has a guy calling plays for him that was, you know, he was calling bingo games uh, just a couple weeks ago. That's not good for the Redskins. It's not good for their fans either. So I'm going to take McNabb to uh, to tear that Redskins defense apart and pick up the win. And I know we mentioned this earlier, but the Bills and the Panthers. Well, like I said, I think this is a game Carolina should and needs to win. Who knows if they're going to be playing good enough football to pick up the tough wins later on in the season. So they've got to take advantage against Buffalo. That running game appears to be back. And like I said, I think it's going to be a lot closer than it should be, but I'm going to take the Panthers. Well, thanks for picking the game for us, Nick. We'll continue to keep score. Yeah, it's been good, John. I appreciate it. We want to know what's on your mind. Send us an email at catcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to more CCR. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. You know, we've added a new method for you to stay in touch with us. You can now call us on the Cat Crave Radio hotline. Call 206-350-9673 and leave us a message. We'd like to hear your thoughts on the team or the show. Good, bad, indifferent. It doesn't matter. Just tell us what's on your mind. Call us at 206-350-9673. It's Minner at the 30. He's to the 20. Cuts outside at the 15. Minner to the 10. Minner to the 5. Touchdown! It's time now for the Minterview. Here comes the ready and now. Here comes the voice from the sound. We are joined once again by legendary Carolina Panther, Mike Minter. Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, John. All right, Mike, we've, well, we've had kind of a rough start. And what I think is odd, and I know I've said this several times this week, 
it seems strange, but a team winning a football game, and yet we've got upset fans, and unfortunately, even a player or two making a little noise. Steve Smith caused a stir when he talked about his lack of production this week. And I gotta know, and you know Steve, is that Steve being Steve, or is that a sign, do you think, of a bigger problem? Well, I think it's a combination of both. Um, again, when you when you look at that, you look at the fact that, yeah, Steve being Steve, um, but because he's a passionate guy, and that's what I mean by Steve being Steve, he, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, but at the same time, you're talking about one of the greatest receivers in the National Football League, and he don't have, you know, touchdowns. You know, I mean, he he don't have any significant catches in any games. And, of course, anybody uh, in that situation that feels like, you know, that, that's going through that is, is going to be mad, you know, and it's going to be frustrating. And so, uh, again, I think it's a combination of both. Well, it's funny. I've, I, and I've read an article or two on this, and what I always find interesting anyway is any sportscaster or – a sports writer, and they're talking about, like, you know, they're talking about the sport as if they know the sport and know how things work, but, and I know you've been in that locker room, you know, you know, you know the way these things work themselves out, and we've, we've heard people talk about that, kind of the, um, I guess the shelf life of an NFL coach, is it possible that we've reached a point with Coach Fox that he has sort of hit that wall, and maybe the players aren't hearing his message anymore? You know what? Well, sometimes that that's what happens, um, John. When you when you look at a situation where, um, and, and think about it. I mean, anybody. If you if you continue to hear the same message um, over and over and over, sooner or later it becomes um, you know not as impactful as it was when you first heard it. And 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 so I, I think you you do it just like in life. If you if you do something one time that's bad and you continue to do it, then what happens is you get numb to it, <laughs> and I think that's human nature, and I think that's the thing that, that people go through. And um, it, it's no knock against Coach Fox. It's just, you know, the reality of, of life. And, uh, and so I think, I think that's the thing that, that, you know, that's going on. If you were just going to comment as, as an outside observer, which, I, I mean, we all really technically are just, you know, we're looking at the situation from, from the outside in, if you had to put your finger on on one thing, if you saw something that's missing, that element that you thought would push the team to the next level, what do you think that would be? Man, um, it, it, I, I think one of the things that we did um, wrong and to come into this season was we we didn't get better. And Coach Fox added, you you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You never stay the same, right? And so if, if, if that's the deal, then we should have, I believe, we should have done a better job of trying to get our team better in the offseason, which we didn't. I mean, you got 20 or 22 starters coming back. Is that necessarily a good thing? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I think you always have to add new blood, new competition uh, to get the guys that you are bringing back at least they have competition to make them better, okay? If you don't bring anybody in to compete with these guys, what happens is, is that you, you don't get better as a football team. So I always feel like change is, is part of getting better. So I, I think that was the issue right there. So now you're stuck with the fact 
of you have what you have, and you you gonna have to deal with that fact. I think the defense will get better, um, continue to get better as the year goes on, because of the simple fact they're learning a new defense, and and you can't help but get better with that scheme. Um, sooner or later, uh, you know it, it'll catch on. I think offensively, we we just didn't do enough to change. Uh, the the outlook of what our team looks like, and uh, you know, yeah, the 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 the, um, the run um, that'll get good, that'll get better, but you can't continue to go 15 plays down the field on the NFL team and think you're gonna do that for you know 60 minutes. Um, that that can't happen. So we we have to be able to throw the football, and right now Jake is um, you know having a hard time you know doing that. And so if Jake began to play better begin to get Steve Smith more into the um, game plan. And I can guarantee you this weekend, these guys are going to get Steve Smith um, involved into their game plan. Well, before we go, and I had to ask you this. I know this happened, in a way, this is old news now, but the results are, are showing up on the field, and that's this whole uh, Julius Peppers thing. And I mean, a gifted athlete, a guy that we know has got the ability to do Pretty much anything in his whatever, if it goes through his head, the guy could do it on the field, but wasn't producing. And then John Beeson called him out on the radio. What were your feelings on how Beeson handled that situation with him? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think um, you know handling anything. You know, as a family, you should go to the media to to tell them anything. I think you should have went to you know Pep. You know, people outside don't even know you going to pep. You know, they, I mean, that, that has no impact on, um, you stepping up and saying, I need to talk, um, to one of my players. And, and sometimes we get caught up into the fact of, you know, thinking we need to, you know, let everybody know what's going on. So I, I, I don't think he handled it right in the sense of, of letting the media know what he was going to do. But I also think he handled it right in the sense of a player has to go to another player and say, hey, man, look, I need you. You know, you're not playing as well as, as we need you to play. And so, you know, hey, look, I'm going to bring my game. You bring your game, and let's get the, let's let's get some wins. And and and, and so I don't I don't fault him in in that sense because I think that's what a what a leader is supposed to do. Well, Mike, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll see if the team can get it back to 500 this week against the Bills, and then maybe kind of get on a roll. But uh, thanks for taking time and talking to us. All right, you guys be good. Thanks. We alluded to it earlier in the show. A team winning a game and yet somehow the fans and even some members of the team are surly. So why are we unhappy? What has all of us worked up over this team? Local sports writers and radio hosts are talking as if the Panthers lost on Sunday. They didn't. They won, actually. But there's something missing. Can anyone put their finger on it? Is it possible that one of us from outside that locker room is capable of pinpointing that single missing ingredient. For weeks I've been hard on Julius Peppers, only to see the guy turn his game on a dime, thanks, no doubt, in part, to John Beeson's pep talk, public or not. But keep in mind now that Pep has done this against lesser opponents and not versus the best in the league. Then, there's Jake DeLome. I've defended him tooth and nail, and while Julius has stepped up, Jake has regressed and has done it against some of the worst competition in the league. This is without a doubt the worst football Jake has played since he got here, and he's done it against Washington and Tampa Bay. I'd like to pose a question. When the team hired Rip Shearer this offseason, 
Did they make the right move? Sure, he and Jake have worked diligently all summer to improve his mechanics. But during all of that work, have they messed him up? Was this the equivalent of trying to teach an old dog new tricks? He had one bad game last year. Did that require a complete retooling of his throwing style? And if you change everything he does in the pocket in a short time, could that have him overthinking the process instead of just dropping back and letting the pass go? Whatever the problem is, Jake needs to improve or this team isn't going anywhere. That'd be nice to run 48 more times this Sunday while we only throw 17 passes, but there are going to be games when the quarterback has got to step up and deliver. We're going to need Jake. Whether Jake will respond is yet to be seen. Now, even having said all of that, the defense is improving. The running game has a chance this Sunday for a big day. Buffalo has the 32nd ranked rush defense in the NFL. My prediction, Carolina 23, Buffalo 13. I want to thank Jason Cole for joining us. Jason's columns are located at Yahoo Sports. To Mike Minter, once again, a tip of the hat. Mike, you are a scholar and a gentleman. And my appreciation to Nick Yeoman for joining in once again. You know, we couldn't do the show without him. Check out Nick's work over at YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. And don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes so you can take us with you wherever you go. And be sure to tell a fellow Panther fan about us. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. In a world dominated by media giants and conglomerates, there is a little show that dares to reach for greatness. And we promise to keep reaching as long as there's someone listening. Never fear, CCR will return. Your Panthers crew will return in one week with another assault on the World Wide Web. All material, copyright 2009, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old day. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.